your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 263 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And it was a scheduled loss with travel, second half of back-to-back, third game in four nights. But the Senators put up a valiant effort, kick-started and maintained by the awesome play a friend of the show, Joey Decord. It was his first NHL start in almost 665 days, and he was fantastic. 30 saves, earning him a star, but it wasn't enough. There was a two-minute stretch that really dictated the result, which was 3-1 defeat to Montreal. We'll get into what that two minutes entailed and a whole lot more Pilsy's take on that. We'll also touch on the Belleville Senators. Yes, they do still exist. 12 days since their last game, They're back to start the remaining 32 games of their schedule. They're hosting the Stockton Heat at the Canadian Tire Center. We'll preview that game and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd and Pillsy. At what point did you start having the utmost confidence in Joey Decord last night? Right from the start, Ross. Like, anytime you look good on the ice with the kit that Joey's got going, the pads, the helmet, everything looked good. He looked confident. This is a guy we saw make all five saves in his uh, first time on the ice in the NHL this season in relief. Now he gets to start up in the Bell Center, up against Carey Price, the guy that he idolized growing up. And he played solid. There's not much more I can really say. Like, we'll get into the goals as we always do, but I don't really fault Joey for either of the goals that he allowed. And he certainly kept his team in the game and gave them a chance to win throughout this entire game. Said post game, he was emotional post game. And why wouldn't you be? His dad's family grew up on the West Island in Montreal. It was a homecoming of sorts, despite the fact he had already played two games in that same building against the Laval Rocket. Laval Rocket, not quite the history of the Montreal Canadiens, jokingly saying that his grandfather, 50-50 chance he tried to sneak in to the game to watch that. But what also stood out in Joey's post game was the competitiveness of him, saying, oh, I was one save away from making this a winnable game from Ottawa. DJ Smith saying after the game that Joey was spectacular and really he was. His movements, you're not going to find a goalie with a better technically sound uh, movement in the crease and the black skates too, just to add to what you said, the kid is just top notch, but his movement is as well. The rebound control was on point. I thought it was good that he got shots early on in this game and he was able to settle in. None of the goals were his fault either, right, Pills? I mean, what's he going to do on the Gallagher crashing the net and then Petrie? I mean, yeah, what, what, what more can you ask from a goalie in his first start in almost two years? Yeah, and that's just a thing, not much. Like, both of those goals were scored on the power play. So already you got to take that with a grain of salt that he let two goals in. The first goal, he makes the first save. Brendan Gallagher gets the rebound off a of poor Goody coverage and Goody ends up high sticking Gallagher immediately after he scores to continue the power play for Montreal, a four minute extension. And that's not really his fault. And then on that ensuing power play, 
Jeff Petrie has one of the hardest slap shots in the league. It's got to be. And it's so dangerous that he's on the same team as Shea Weber because he just gets this puck, floats in a little, winds up, and blasts it right by Joey Decord. He just straight up beat Joey Decord. Straight sights, no screen, nothing. Not much you can do there. Like, you're going to get beat by a shot like that. So I don't blame Joey there. And then the third goal, of course, was an empty netter. So this is a game that the Ottawa Senators could have won, but it was all lost in that quick sequence of back-to-back penalties and Goody being on the ice for way longer than he should have been. How did we get there, though? The first period, Montreal outshot Ottawa 13 to 8. So a nice 13 saves to get Dak all into the action. And then a huge high event second period. 29 total shots. 15-14, the one-shot edge in favor of Montreal. And that's how they ended the period up by that one shot that found the back of the net. 2-1 after that. But let's dive in to the Gabranson play. A shift that was already far too long. What is he doing starting the penalty kill after being out there for as long as he was. Yeah, I'm not sure at all. Like, that's just such a head-scratcher, especially... Would have been nice for him to be asked about that after the game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, maybe a guy like you or me could uh, ask a question like that in a Zoom conference if we were given permission like we thought we would have. But that's a story for another time. But basically, why is Goody being put back on there? Already, like, his shift was nearly two minutes long. 155. 155 that's already not okay let alone um putting them right back out there on the penalty kill when you're down a man after you just played a long shift and then of course he's tired out there you getting overwhelmed by that power play Gallagher sneaks in behind him and scores and then just a tired play he just swings a stick around trying to lift the stick the goal's already in the play's over and he hits Gallagher right in the mouth and of course he's bleeding so that leads to another power play And like I said, Petrie scored on that power play. So this game was decided in a two-minute span. The first period, kind of a wash. Montreal played a little better, but not a whole lot going on. And then the third period, same thing. Kind of a wash, not a big deal. So this it's just too bad the Sens had to lose a game like this. But like you said, it's kind of a schedule loss as well. That's tough for them to come in here and uh, grab a win. But, But questionable roster choices. Again, Michael Haley getting in there for, I think, like four and a half minutes. Not effective whatsoever. And we talked about this before. Maybe to us it seems pointless, but the guys on the team seem to think it makes a difference for them. I'm starting not to really believe that. I wish they would have stuck with Pekka in this game, but that's a, that's a decision that DJ Smith decided. One thing we will give him props for, and this is the first time he's done this, I believe, is giving Matt Murray the full day off. Not on the bench, Gustafson on the well, not on the bench in the Bell Center either. He's across uh, and the corner in the corner. Yeah, just the loner corner over there, self isolating. But that's <laughs> that's a smart move. Getting Matt Murray up in the press box, give this guy a break. I'm so glad he didn't go back to back, and he didn't even have him on the bench. So great move there. But a lot of the other roster decisions were very questionable by DJ tonight. What will really be the true test is how they line up tomorrow because it's clear that neither from Erica Branson's perspective or Eric Branstrom, that pair is a tire fire. They have not played well together. They were a dash three the other night against the Flames in the loss. And again tonight, like Branstrom got blown up at the offensive blue line. That Romanov, we warned you, keep your head up when that kid's out on the ice. And Watson was out there. I don't know. He didn't really do anything. I I would have thought there would have been a bit more of an answer, especially with the temperature as high as it was the last weekend when these two teams played. But 
You, you think that's what Michael Haley's for? He's got zeros right across his stat sheet, one hit, and really didn't do much. But I think the main roster decision that needs to be addressed is this Branstrom Gabranson pairing. Now, Riley and Zub, on the other hand, have been outstanding. So you don't want to touch that. And then what are you going to do? Because Shabbat and Zaitsev have also been good. You're carrying eight defensemen on the roster, though. Is this a situation where you have to see Will Annan and or Josh Brown at some point? Because right now, what, what we're seeing is not working. Yeah, I agree. I think to answer your question, the Josh Brown experiment is kind of over, I would say. I don't think... Well, he's signed for next year as well. So what yeah. are we doing? Yeah, but I mean, at, at a low contract, and he's a young guy, that's that can slot in as a seventh defenseman here or there. But I don't think putting him into the lineup really uh, moves I forgot the needle Coburn. too much. Yeah, and Coburn also. That's <laughs> not a guy that moves the needle too much either. Look, I think Goody's play has been not great, but he's also been tasked with a lot of the harder assignments, right? So I think you, you got to cut him a bit of slack there, but also... When it's when it's as egregious as it was last night, like that, I don't fully blame Goody there. Like it's not his fault he gets stuck out there for so long and then gets trotted out right after on the penalty kill. Like there's only so much a guy can do, right? So I think maybe giving Goody a break would would be nice for him. That's a guy that has played a lot of heavy minutes, especially in the games that Thomas Shabbat was injured. He's been relied upon. So you know what? Maybe scratch him one night, get Willannon in there, give him a break, a different perspective. This is a condensed season. You're you're going to have to play things a little differently than you would usually do it. So give a guy a night off. I think that wouldn't be a bad idea. And yeah, I think Willannon is deserving of another chance here. It's been too long since he stepped foot on the ice in the NHL game. Eric Gabranson, 19-10, he's averaging this season. The only two years that he averaged more? 2015, 16, and 16, 17, when he was 24 and 25 years old. So, I mean, that's five years in the rearview mirror now. So we'll see how they respond. Again, I don't mind Erica Branson being on this team as the sixth defenseman. But when they're they're playing him as a 3-4 guy, something's got to give. Up front, I'm convinced that we won't see Michael Haley anymore once Ryan Dezingle is deemed fit to play. Now, my real question to you, Pilsy, are there any chance that we see Ryan Dezingle play in the middle of the ice where he played in college, played a bit in Binghamton, or is he stuck on that left wing? Because I don't really see any room for him in the top three left wing slots. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I don't really understand the idea of moving him to center. If if that's the problem, then move him on the right side or, or something like that. Because I don't like the idea of forcing him to play the center position when he hasn't played that in so long. Right. So, and also he's on a new team in a new environment. The last thing you want to do is give him an assignment that he's not really comfortable with. So that seems like a weird move to me. Um, I'd, I'd like to see him on the left wing on the third line. I know that means you move Nick Paul down and that line has been great. And Nick Paul has been great, but I think that works best for Nick Paul can still be effective in a fourth line role. But Ryan Dezingle, I don't think, can be effective in a fourth-line role. I think the third line is the nice niche where you want to give Ryan Dezingle a chance to, to show his offensive abilities. And I'm sure we're going to see him probably not on the first power play unit, but definitely the second power play unit for Dezingle. Yeah, Ottawa's power play got nothing cooking last night, and Montreal scored the two goals against a goalie uh, on the man advantage to Foley, ending this one with an empty net goal, 21 seconds left. But Ottawa's goal... No, it wasn't Drake Batherson. The streak ends at six games, but the point streak continues. He gets an assist on Artem Zub's blast of a wrist shot 
This guy is getting more and more comfortable. More Mike Riley drawing the other assist on that goal. This pair, we touched on it briefly, but what more can you say? It's the perfect yin and yang. Zub responsible defensively and Riley playing a normal number of minutes and he contributes yet again. Yep, I like that pairing a lot. And let's let's go through this goal because I think it's a good goal. Good puck moving in the, in the O-zone. Drake Batherson with his head up scans the ice. Where can he make a play? And something that's really important on this play is accidental. Timmy Stutzla and Yoel Armia, they collide. And if they don't collide, then Armia is probably in that lane and can at least uh, get better gap control on Zub. And you don't get that clear lane in that tight like Artem Zub got. But they end up colliding. Both players are down. Batherson gets it over to Zub. Zub actually winds or starts his windup to start taking a shot because he normally that's where you would shoot as soon as you get the puck. But then he realizes he's got some space. He floats in a little longer and snipes it past Carey Price. That's a great goal. I love Zub's instinct to be able to score goals. This is a guy that had 13 goals in the KHL in one season. Like he can put the puck in the net and he's showing that when he gets the opportunity. Meanwhile, Drake Batherson, his ninth assist this season, the point streak is up to seven games where he has seven goals and 11 points. It's too bad he was, I think, three games away from qualifying as still being a rookie this year. And that would just make the race that much more interesting. But who cares? Now he's in a contract year. I'm sure that is more what he's thinking about. So our Sen Central standouts for this game, we'll get to them in just a moment. But first, let us tell you about our friends at Built Bar. They just sent us the Built Bar Krispies, and they are unreal. You have to check them out for themselves. They are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If 16 amazing flavors weren't enough to tickle your fancy, how about trying a Built Bar Crispy? All the bars are 100% covered in chocolate, and the variety is just never-ending. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl as well. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, yet they're high in protein and high in fiber. Now, for Pillsy's pick of the week, I can't let you go crispy again because I just raved about how awesome these crispy built bars are, but you have 16 other flavors to choose from. What's Pillsy's pick of the week? Oh, yeah, you can never run out of options with flavors with built bar, Ross. So I, I got you guys covered. Don't you worry. And I'm heading over. I know I talk about the fruit flavors a lot, but one that I feel like I've shied away from and haven't given enough credit for, Built Bar Coconut. Coconut and chocolate, such a nice combo. You get, it's only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. You get the chocolate flavor you know and love, 100% real chocolate, every single Built Bar, and then the nice flaky light flavor of coconut in there. So go try that today. That is Pillsy's Pick of the Day. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20. That's LOCKEDON20 when you go to BuiltBar.com. And guess what? It'll give you 20% off. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your first order. Pilsy, one more note before we get to our Send Central standouts. We're a goalie-friendly show, so this is a huh? The Montreal Canadiens had already made multiple coaching changes, letting go of Kirk Muller, their assistant, and Claude Julien after, you remember, the Sens beat them twice in a row last week. But then, Stefan Waite, widely recognized as one of the best goalie coaches in the industry, is fired in the middle of a game that they're winning? 
this is such a weird move. Like what ha- like who put something in Mark Bergevin's coffee mid game that he's just all of a sudden like, you know what? I got to fire the goaltending coach and I got to fire him right now. Yeah. I wonder if it's something more that Sean Burke accepted it because he was a guy who's been looked at as GM material. He's orchestrated. I don't know if it's the Spangler cup, but he's been a part of management at team Canada at certain events. You know him from being in Arizona as the goalie coach and he had a lengthy NHL career himself, but that is quite the intrigue because now Sean Burke's in the Montreal organization. And I wonder if Jeff Molson isn't thinking, Hey, if this thing goes off the rails, maybe he's my next GM. <laughs> I thought you were going to say goalie. <laughs> um, look, yeah, it's a weird move firing a goalie coach mid-period. That's very strange. But if you're going to do that for anyone, Sean Burke is a guy you do that for. I, I got all the time in the world for him, all the interviews and uh, articles and stuff like that I've read about him. He's just such an intelligent guy. And he's a goalie that kind of resurrected his career he was able to bounce back, change his style up, all these kinds of things. He, Like you said, he did great work in Arizona. So I think that's a, it's a good move having him as your goalie coach. But I just I, I can't comprehend what has to occur that you need to fire a goalie coach mid-period in a game that you're winning. Yeah, I mean, he's resurrected the careers of Darcy Kemper, Devin Dubnik, just to name a couple of guys. So strange. Wasn't he a big part of Mike Smith's uh, bounce back too in Phoenix? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, he was kind of puttering around from Tampa and Dallas, but then really found a home once he got to Phoenix. But goaltending the least of the Senators' concerns, at least last night, Dak was fantastic, and he will lead our Send Central standouts today, and why not? 30 saves, 13 of them coming in the first period. He was sharp as hell and only allowed two goals with the man advantage. So he had a sparkling 1.000, a perfect save percentage at even strength, and all I'm hoping, Pilsy, is that it's not too long before we see him get another opportunity in the Senators' crease. Yeah, well, I agree with you. And I think if you're DJ Smith now, you got to be looking at Joey Decord as a better option than Marcus Hogberg, I would say. Like, no if doubt. You're, if you're looking for who gives you the best chance to win, Joey Decord looked amazing in there. And Marcus Hogberg has been shaky at best. In He's- 10 games. Talk about a sample size for Hogberg. 10 games, 7 starts. An 859 save percentage. Exactly. Yeah. And now all that you can't you can't blame that entirely on Hogberg. The start no. of the season was rough, but at the same time, what you've seen from Joey in a small sample size deserves a second look for sure. So I would be shocked if we don't get to see Joey Decord back in the net pretty soon here, especially because the month of March has, I think I if I remember correctly, four back-to-backs, at least three. So there's a lot of back-to-back game opportunities here where, like I said, I don't like the idea of Murray playing both games. So getting a backup goalie in there, especially Joey Decord, someone who you're, you want to get a better sense of how he plays in the NHL, this is the perfect time to do it, especially because you need to figure out what's going on for the Seattle expansion draft. Like you got to decide what goalies you're hanging on to here. Let's take a look at the schedule going forward Thursday night at Calgary and then two days off before they play Calgary again on Sunday night. However, that begins a stretch of three games in four nights. Which one would you like to see Joey play? There's at Calgary, then on the second half of that back-to-back against Edmonton, or again, playing the third in four nights uh, and playing against Edmonton on the 10th. So which one of those are you looking at as a good opportunity for Joey? 
I want to see Joey play against Calgary again. I, I think that's a good matchup for him. I don't like seeing, I wouldn't want to put him up against uh, the Oilers just because he got McDavid and Drysdale. That's a lot to handle for a young goalie. So I'd like to see him get in this Sunday on the 7th. And yeah, there is four back-to-back opportunities in the month of March. So you basically pick your opponent that you think he's going to do better against. Like I can see Joey playing the 7th against Calgary, the 15th, against uh the Canucks and then the 24th up against the Flames again like those are those are winnable games in my mind and Joey Decord can give you a good chance to win in those games so we're we've been cheering for Joey Decord since he was at ASU so we're we're still on the Decord train and we want to see more of him definitely in this season a friend of the show and just a real treat to to be around so we're cheering for nothing but success for Joey Decord, the way you mentioned it would be a peewee style goaltending. It would be Murray, then Dak, then you want Murray tomorrow, and then Dak on the seventh. So it would just be alternating back and forth. That was uh, the best way that you and I probably were able to get consecutive uh, games back. In, back Did you in the ever day. switch mid-game? Uh, no. I mean, I, I only played house league, so it was all about getting ice time, but I used to hate that. Two goalies on a house league team, and at the 10-minute mark, the first whistle of the second period, you get swapped out. That was the worst. For, for us, it would just be like the first game of a tournament. Sometimes you do that just because you had the travel and you want to get the legs going. But usually when I played half the game, it wasn't a good sign. It was because I was letting in more than my fair share. One other Sen Central standout, I'll let you touch on the guy who always has an extra burn his bonnet when he's playing the Montreal Canadiens. Burn his bonnet. Nice. I like that one. And, and that's Brady. Uh, Brady Kachuk played a really nice game. I thought he hit the post. He had a couple good chances. He stole the puck from Carey Price and had a chance in tight all alone. I mean, Brady Kachuk just keeps it going. Six shots on goal, three hits in 20 minutes of ice time played. And I'll give kind of an honorable mention uh, Send Central standout. Actually, no, he, he can mix on here. I kind of forgot about him last night, but now looking over my notes and watching the game again, I thought Austin Watson had a really nice game. And this guy blocks some hard, heavy shots, and the boys love it. He took one off the inside of the leg. He, like, he's just, this is a guy that will play, like, his body is just something that can be bruised and battered. Like, he is such a tough guy out there. So, Austin Watson, I thought it was great seeing him lay it all on the line again. It seems like once a game, this guy gets an elite shot block in. Yeah, three shot blocks for Austin Watson last night. You absolutely love to see that in limited ice time under 12 minutes for number 16. So those are our Send Central standouts from a 3-1 defeat in game number 25 on this young season. I can't call it young anymore. We're inching closer to the midway mark, but I'm still thrown for a loop with this whole 56-game season. But I can bet on all 56 games. Where? BetOnline.ag. We're ready because it's the one place that has us covered. The one place that we trust, it's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Just make sure when you do, use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Pilsy, we're getting back. It's time for your parlay of the day. All right, well... The three team parlays haven't been going so well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get off my high horse here and, and stick to the basics. Like I said last time, a key for any parlay recipe is getting the Tampa Bay Lightning in there and 
the Boston Bruins have been really good to me too. So I'm getting Boston Bruins money line minus 143 versus the Washington Capitals. And then we're going St. Louis money line over the Anaheim Ducks. The St. Louis Blues have been really good lately. The Ducks have been struggling. So I think that's going to be a nice, easy win. Just picking two favorites here. Nothing fancy, guys. 10 bucks into this parlay. That'll win you 1840. Let's hope that works out for us because we got to get back on track here, guys. So that is Pilsy's parlay of the day. Man, Andre Vasilevsky has three straight shutouts right now. Three straight shutouts for Vasilevsky. Two of them against the team he beat to win the Stanley Cup last year. Pretty impressive stuff. Vasilevsky's in the action, and you can be too. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pilsy, the Belleville Senators back in action 12 days after they finished that four-game series to start their schedule. And we're just calling that preseason because with that large gap, 32 games left, let's see what the real Belleville Senators have in store. Of course, you and I, somewhat of experts on the team, having worked in the production team for the past two seasons. Before we get to previewing that, we want to say congratulations to a longtime member of the Senators media, Brent Wallace for starting his own show. And we hope that you guys watch that on YouTube. You know, stick it to us with your podcasting. But all jokes aside, it's going to be awesome because it's a matter of misfits. Like Brent Wallace, very undeservingly laid off at Bell Media. Mark Mathot out in the expansion draft after being such an integral part as a local boy who fulfilled the dream of making it deep in playoff runs with Ottawa. And then the content gods themselves, Woods, Goods, and Craig Medaglia. That's going to be a hell of a show. Really looking forward to following along with them. And Brent Wallace is going to join us next week on Locked On Senators to discuss that. But you know we are the number one daily home for your Ottawa and Belleville Senators. Follow us on Twitter as well, at Send Central, and download the podcast wherever you get yours. Pilsy. What are you looking for tonight? It's the Belleville Senators hosting the Stockton Heat from the friendly confines of the of Ottawa's Canadian Tire Center. Yeah, I'm excited that it's uh, it's a home game. It's not in Belleville at our precious CAA arena, but it's at the CTC. That'll be fun uh, for the boys to get a taste of what the arena's like and uh, all those kinds of things. But this is, I'm just glad they're not up against Laval anymore. That's for sure, because that that did not go well. And it really hurt me to watch the Laval Rocket beat up on the Sens like that, because we're used to that being flipped around for sure. And I'm going to be locked on to a guy, Belleville. He's played pretty good in, in my eyes. And the newest captain of the Belleville Senators, Logan Shaw. I think that was a nice pick uh, for him to be the captain. It's important to get someone to see in Belleville. I think you need someone that can kind of be the designated leader in a, in such a, there's so much roster movement and stuff like that. You need one constant leader. And I think Logan Shaw is going to be that guy. So great choice. We talked to his dad, salt of the earth guy. I think uh, he's going to do well here and hopefully he can be the guy that can start leading this team to some wins because that was a rough preseason. Yeah, it certainly was, but it's time, the no better time than now to start stringing together some wins if you're the Belleville Senators. And just the one game against Stockton, do you find that interesting before Ottawa, or before, I want to call them Ottawa, they're playing out of Ottawa, we'll call them the baby Sens, uh, before they start 
what Ottawa is doing where they play the same team multiple times. Yeah, it is a little weird, not going to lie, because the rest of the season is those kind of series games. So you would think that that's how it would go the whole time. But who knows? Maybe there's some sort of scheduling thing that we're not aware of. But I went on to Stockton Heat's website and looked at their roster. I didn't know almost any of the players on that team, to be honest, <laughs> other than Connor Zary. But he is he even going to be there? He's going to have to head to the WHL. Our good friend of the show, our best friend of the show, Tony Ferrari, just wrote an article. I'm really excited to read it about the agreement between the CHL and NHL. And it expires at the end of this year. So definitely some must uh, read material from our buddy Tony. So we'll retweet that at Send Central as well. Who are you locked on tonight? I mean, there's pretty obvious number one guy because there's been no more. There's never been more pressure on a Belleville player than there is on Logan Brown right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the obvious choice. Yeah, I said I, I want to watch Logan Shaw with the C on his chest now, but Logan Brown, all eyes are on you. And um, from what it sounds like, it seems like they're going to keep him in Belleville for probably the rest of the month, see how he plays. And if he plays up to their standards, then they're going to call him up. But we we did not like the first sample size we saw of Logan Brown in the AHL this season. So hopefully with some time off, hopefully he's healthy because he was injured a little bit, but he needs to get it going, especially now Schlappick is gone. That's a big hole in that Belleville roster, and Logan Brown's going to be the guy that needs to step up and show that he can elevate his game and he can drive a line. Is it going to be all on the score sheet, or are we looking more for what Logan can do away from the puck? Both, honestly. It's at, it's at that point where he needs any positives he can get. If he can get a secondary assist, that's a massive move for him. If he can just make sure he's not on the wrong end of the plus minus. Um, I like There was a lot of things that I did not like about Logan Brown's game. So pretty much any small positives that can come from these first couple games, we're going to be really watching him. Then hopefully once he's got his feet under him, he can play a little more free-flowing. But first couple games, yeah. His play away from the puck, I'm going to be watching for sure. Because Logan Brown, I find a lot of the time, his biggest problem is intensity. Like, he's, he just doesn't seem interested in the game. He's just kind of floating around out there. So when he doesn't have the puck, I want to see him hustling and forechecking and backchecking real hard. It's truly going to be a fascinating development these next five games when the Sens are out on the road and Belleville is still playing and Logan Brown will be a part of all five of those games. And then it will be reevaluated whether he is ready to step up with the big club. I see a spot between Stutzla and Batherson just begging for Logan Brown to step in and take, but we'll be back on Friday with a full analysis of how Logan Brown is doing and sends Calgary tomorrow night. So stay tuned for up to the minute updates at send central on Twitter, locked on dot senators on Instagram. And we'll be back on Friday to break it all down for Brandon pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the locked on senators podcast, your team every day.